It's the legendary Ronnie James Dio with the uh, Killing the Dragon from the CD of the same name with the great uh, Doug Aldridge there on lead guitar. And um, Chris, would you would you like to uh, review a song? Sure, why not? All right, here we go. It's time, Plastic Metal Show, to start... Begging for email. What the hell is email? Death sent me an email. Well, when you figure it out, email me. And here's your loser beggars, Neely and Chris. You've got mail. All right. Uh, one of our CMS fans from Puerto Rico, he, he wrote us before. And he sent us one of his songs from uh, his band. You may or may not remember this. It's been a while. His band was called Leftover. I remember it vaguely. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, Eduardo has checked in with us again. Okay. Hail and kill, fucker. It's me again. (laughs) All right. Uh, Eduardo from Puerto Rico. Yes, I know there's a lot of Puerto Rican assholes, but I'm not one of them. Okay. (laughs) I don't listen to your live show because usually I have better things to do like gig or sleep, but I, but I love your show and I like to listen to your podcast every day on my way to work as it should be. Just wanted to salute you guys and send the first single from our band Leftover. The song is called Millennium in Darkness. I'm sure that you will both like it. All right. Then he follows up again with, it's me again, not the asshole from Puerto Rico here hiding in this from this fucking Chinese virus. <laughs> anyway, I know that you both didn't like my band's name Leftover. But you like the song, and that's good enough for me, so fuck it. <laughs> so here is our new single, uh, Tuning the Pages. Hope you both, let's see, hope you both and your fans will like it. Let's see if I'm lucky and can get a brief review of the song. Thank you All for right. the entertainment and for the t-shirt. P.S. Right. Neely, we could use a couple of those Indian tales. They were awesome. Hail and kill, fuck you, hand job, nigga, fuck Ace and Tommy, and Bruce rules. <laughs> all right, he got it all in. He did get it all in. <laughs> uh, so actually, he sent us. Oh yeah, I guess he sent us these two songs here. Okay. Uh, or the one song, "Turning the Pages," is what it's called. Okay. All right, so let's uh, let's give this a listen and let uh, let's see what you think and what the fans think. All right, so here we go. Well, they've got good production. I'll give them that. Yeah. Drums sound a little boxy, but I like what I'm hearing so far. All right. Vocals are a little buried. Yeah, I'd say. It kind of sounds like Jizzy singing a little bit.
know Randy Trask and the Buds, but they're pretty good. Yeah, not terrible. I I agree with you that the vocal is way buried in the mix. In yeah, the, in the the main part. I mean, I I could hearing it through the through the Skype. I couldn't hear him singing. Well, it's I, it's really buried. Yeah, it's he needs to pull that up. But yeah, I mean, it's not terrible. I don't hate it. All right. Lord knows it. some uh, unexpected change-ups in that song and i was really surprised about the breakout guitar solo so not bad yeah not bad if the only thing i would do is tell the drummer that he doesn't have to fill every space that's in there <laughs> you know it is a mid-tempo 4-4 song and he's trying to mix in way too many beats and some of that but yeah. other than that and and fix that mix fix the vocal mix but, yeah you know get a good mastering on it and not bad. Yeah, got they they you know paid a little homage to uh, Zach Wild. Had that little Zach Wild squeal go on in there. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, not bad. I I liked it. I mean, I liked the heaviness of it, and I liked the uh, the breakout guitar solo. I dug that a lot. So yeah, a little little extra mixing in there. A little you know bring the vocals out front a little bit more. I think uh, it's pretty good. Right. Not that bad. Was it. Not bad. So uh, thanks, Eduardo. Appreciate you sharing that with us. At least it wasn't, uh, you know, unbearable. Yeah, not bad at all. <laughs> I mean, it's it's no scars, but, you know. Mm -mm. It's not guns. <laughs> it's, it's not too bad, though. It's not roller coaster. No, it's not. <laughs> Nothing. 
nothing at all beats the roller coaster. Not at all. All right, uh, some of our some of our American staples are are being uh, cast aside uh, for political correctness. Okay, some things that were not an issue before, but all of a sudden now they're an issue today. And you know, in order to appease the, um, I don't know, what do you want to call them the the whiners? Okay. Uh, a, a company that's been around for almost a hundred years has decided to make changes to their logo, much like uh, what uh, people have been uh, after the Indians for, and what they've been after uh, the Redskins for. And you, you need to change that. Yeah, pal. It was never an issue before, but now it's an issue. That's right. So anyway. The uh, butter company, Lando Lakes, Mm -hmm. has decided that they're going to remove the Native American woman from their packaging after 92 years. I didn't even know they had a Native American woman on there. I thought it was an Indian. Well, (laughs) (laughs) I refuse to play these games. <laughs> well, I mean that isn't that isn't a politically correct way of saying it. I mean they are Native Americans, Indians, Native Americans. They're but, Indians. Yeah, whatever. Redskins. That's right. Yeah. Anyway, it looks like a well-known advertising icon is getting furloughed and it isn't temporary. So, it's not furloughed. It's it's just canceled. It's canceled. It's done. Yeah, it's done. Lando Lakes is removing the Native American woman who has appeared on its containers of butter and margarine since 1928. Well, they needed a change. They needed to freshen things up. Yeah, it's time for a cool change. That's right. Instead, feature packages will showcase photos of real Lando Lake farmers and co-op members along with the phrase, proud to be farmer owned. Are they allowed to say that? You, <laughs> I don't know. To proud to be a farmer? I don't know. Are you allowed to be a farmer? I don't know. Will we find will we find a reason to not use the term farmer anymore? Yeah, probably will. <laughs> He's a land tiller. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Grand Forks Tribune noted that uh, many native people including North Dakota state representative Ruth Buffalo <laughs> Ruth Buffalo Mm-hmm. That's actually her name. Ruth Buffalo, huh? Yeah. A Democrat, of course. Have called the woman's image racist. Jeez. Oh, you know, after 92 years. Yeah. Well, you know, they should have thought of that 92 years ago. <laughs> now it's a problem. Of course it is. Buffalo told the paper the image goes hand in hand with human and sex trafficking of our women and girls by depicting native women as sex objects. Okay. (laughs) Sex objects. Did you ever jerk off when you were grabbing a tub of butter? No. All right. Well, maybe, maybe that was too leaning of a question. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I should rephrase that a little. (laughs) Did you ever jerk off not using the butter as part of the process? (laughs) Well, I can't say, I mean, I've seen Lando Lakes butter as long as I've been alive and not once have I ever looked at that and go, man, I'd like to bang that. You never pulled your dick out in the grocery store because you saw the Lando Lakes in the the cooler? No, that's never (laughs) happened. Not even once. I remember, you know, growing up, you know, my my mom would buy Lando Lakes. I remember seeing it on the kitchen table and stuff and never thought, man, I wonder what her pussy's like. I'll bet you that sweet red meat tastes good. That's never, never crossed my mind. No. I, mean, I mean, even looking at it now, I see the, I see the image in this article and mm-hmm. it just looks like a Indian squaw holding on to some butter. Oh. <laughs> okay. I mean, she's like talking to me like Mrs. Butterworth. <laughs> Would you like to butter my muffin? Yeah. Nothing, nothing makes fish taste better than lemon and butter. Mm. I want to fillet. I want to fillet your fish with butter. 
I'll take my snails with butter. Right. Mm. <laughs> Land O'Lakes president and CEO Beth Ford did not cite cultural sensitivity as the reason for the change. Liar. <laughs> <laughs> As Lando Lakes looks toward her 100th anniversary in 2021, we recognize we need packaging that reflects the foundation and heart of our company and culture. And nothing I, does that better than our farmers' own owners whose milk is used to produce Lando Lake dairy products. I take offense to using the pronoun her as a yeah. Butter. That's that seems very insensitive too. Mm-hmm. How do we know it's a her? Yeah, really. Does this butter identify as female? <laughs> maybe she doesn't identify as an Indian. Yeah, maybe not. Might not even identify as butter. Might identify as margarine. Exactly. You think of that. As a farmer co-owned co-op, we strongly feel the need to better connect the men and women who grow our food with those who consume it, she said. Mm. So she wants us to think about, wonder how this butter got here. I'll bet you it's those farmers who raised the cattle that they milked to make these, uh, to make this butter. Have you ever once, you've been eating for a long time, I'm going to assume. <laughs> yeah, about 56 years. And in those 56 <laughs> years that you've been eating, how many times did you look at your meal and go, hmm, I wonder where that came from. Not a once. Yeah, I was going to say probably none, maybe once, maybe twice, maybe two times. You might have seen some story or documentary about chickens being slaughtered and thought, hmm, I wonder if this chicken got its head lopped off at the chicken factory. <laughs> the chicken factory. Whatever. You know, I don't know what it's called. But I, I know this. No one cares. We absolutely know. We know. This shit comes from bad places. We don't care. As long as it tastes fucking good, who gives a shit? Exactly. Jesus Christ. So so this is this is quote unquote their objective in doing this. Mm-hmm. Our farmer to fork structure gives us the unique ability to bridge this divide. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's a divide between you and the farmer, Chris. And they want to bring is. they want to bring us together. And news for you. I couldn't give two fucks about the farmer. <laughs> I really couldn't give two fucks about them. The only thing I care about is that there are groceries in that grocery store. Right. That's as far as my caring goes. Right. Regar- regardless of the reasoning, Buffalo called the decision by the Minnesota-based company a good gesture and a step forward. Oh, great. <laughs> Fantastic. She added, we as a whole need to keep pushing forward to address the underlying issues that directly impact an entire population that survived genocide. Hey, cunt bag, it's butter. (laughs) It's fucking butter, you cunt. No one cares. Nobody's thinking about how can I oppress the Indians? Oh, I know. I'll buy that oppressive butter. That's never been a thought. Nobody has ever thought, how can I be racist against Indians? I know. I'll buy some Lando Lakes. Then I'm going to hate the blacks as well with some Aunt Jemima. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? Just stop it. No one thinks like you do. You people that are looking for shock and to be outraged and all this shit, no real human beings think like you. No real human being in the history, in the 92-year history of Lando Lakes Butter has ever thought, you know what, I'm going to stick it to the Indians by buying this fucking Indian butter. (laughs) I'm going to show them a thing or two. Right. I'm going to buy this fucking butter that makes me want to fuck it. (laughs) That never been thought or said. God damn. Or or pimp it out. Yeah. Hey, baby. Want some butter? I got the land of lakes for you. Exactly. <laughs> the new packaging is already appearing on products like the tubs of butter and the deli cheeses and will begin appearing on the stick of butter within a within the coming weeks. Oh, great. So you can look forward to the new logo. No more sexy Indian chick offering you butter. Sexy. <laughs> <laughs> 
have, you, have, you, have you ever stroked it to an Indian chick? No. I, I can honestly say, and I've done some weird shit, obviously. <laughs> I've, I've never, ever stroked it. I'll be honest. I've never jerked off, I don't think, to any food packaging. <laughs> ever. None. Never jerked off to food packaging. No, I've banged a ham, but I've never, <laughs> ever grabbed food packaging and said, oh, my God, I got to fucking rub one out. <laughs> right. There's Aunt Jemima. She's sexy. Yeah. Look at that. <laughs> no, I never did that. Yeah. Well, again, I'm I'm looking at this this traditional logo, and it just looks like a it just looks like an Indian squaw offering you a, a stick of butter. Yeah. It's like I don't see anything sexual or hot or sexy about it. It's just hey, she's from the land of lakes. Yeah. She's not near as hot as the sun made raisin girl. <laughs> Now that's jerkable. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. People are out of their fucking minds. Yeah. This is this is what you spend your time thinking about is is how packaging is. And we actually want a fucking a cure to the coronavirus. I want somebody to go up in that fucking boardroom with these people at Lando Lakes and start coughing on all of them. <laughs> Just fucking cough on all of them and let's see these fucking idiots die. Jeez, oh man, are you kidding me? Apparently not. This shit, holy smokes! Yeah, Lando Lakes. Hmm. All right. Well, something near and dear to our hearts. We've kind of covered this a little bit, but uh, there always seems to be a new story coming out, and maybe this won't be such an issue this year. But you know, when things pick back up. Okay. Um. Ticketmaster has quietly changed its refund policy, screwing over the fans. Yeah, I saw this. But they've already they've actually already had to backtrack on this because <laughs> people caught them. Yeah. Ticketmaster is is the big evil, man. They are. Well, the thing is is they th- th- that's the issue with becoming a a monopoly. Mm-hmm. Because you know this is this is exactly why you know there are laws against monopolies out there. Yeah, because this is the kind of stuff you deal with. Yeah, it, it's it's really really sad. You know, and I hate that that they're making me actually think that I have to side with a band like Pearl Jam. But Pearl Jam had it right twenty years ago when they were like, "Fuck this company." You know, they're fucking their fans, and they're absolutely fucking their fans. And they go out of their way to fuck their fans. Exactly. Every which way you buy tickets now is a fuck over of getting, you know, whether it's the sliding price based on popularity and purchasing. Yeah. Made up popularity. Yeah. (laughs) Or if it's, um, you know, that you can't buy directly from them. You have to buy through a third party because all the tickets sell out like 1.3 seconds after they're released and. You know, all of it is fucking scumbaggery, man. Yep. They really are a fucking, they're, they are a criminal outlet as far as I'm concerned. I agree. Bad criminals. Uh, in a new report by uh, Digital Music News and the uh, Maelstrom, that is the current concert and music festival landscape with the uh, coronavirus, Ticketmaster yeah. has quietly and perhaps deceitfully changed its refund policy to even be more less even less accommodating and unfair than before in light of the current economic situation facing many fans and venues in other words i like hold on i like how they wedged in the word perhaps like it's not happening well that's that's one of those allegedly like it could like like there could be some (laughs) some other reason for this Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> well, again, everybody's got to cover their ass to, yeah. to not get sued, you know. Mm. <laughs> In other words, because of the entire industry shutdown due to the coronavirus, they're opting to differentiated from cancellations and po- postponements. Thus, mm. fans will have a near impossible time getting refunds when many in the world are out of work. As fans are looking for refunds, the Ticketmaster changed its refund policy to cover only canceled events. Not the many functions that the promoters have indefinitely postponed 
or rescheduled to a date and time that some ticket holders cannot make. Previously, Ticketmaster refund policy stated refunds are available if your event is postponed, rescheduled, or canceled. But now, however, the Live Nation's company refund policy says refunds are available if your event is canceled. Mm -hmm. Plus, Ticketmaster's coronavirus impact webpage quietly carefully describes the difference between cancellations and postponements in addition to the corresponding policies of each. On but if you only pay an extra $30 a ticket, you can buy ticket insurance. Exactly. And then you can be sure that you get your money minus the $30 back. Of course. What a bunch of fucking scumbags. Hmm. 30, how about how about some of that $28 per ticket that you fucking charge for tickets? How about some of that being the insurance, you dicks? There's no possible way it costs $20 a ticket for fucking service fee, dickheads. <laughs> Our social media fans frustrated with the refund reversal appears to be boiling over. Fans took to social media to relay their anger mm -hmm. and dismay <laughs> when agi agitated Twitter user. I, I don't get why people even bother with this going on Twitter and going on Facebook. Because that's where they can have their, their place to say what they think, yeah. man. I know. Who cares? Yeah. One agitated Twitter user wrote, Ticketmaster won't help me with my refund. Time to call a lawyer and the Better Business Bureau, man. The Better Business Bureau. Here's a newsflash for everyone. <laughs> the Better Business Bureau is the most bullshit company out there. They mean nothing. Nothing. Any complaints that go to the Better Business Bureau mean nothing and, and i'll and i will put this to everybody for their own life don't even take my word for it whatever it is that you've bought a house a car a refrigerator groceries dinner whatever it is if you've bought anything when was the last time that you looked up that company on the better business bureau website before you made that purchase exactly never and when was the last time that a company came to you and said, hey, here's our rating on the Better Business Bureau's page? Exactly never. It is a bullshit organization, just like that. What's that other one? The Bradstreet? Oh, Dunn Dun and Bradstreet. Dunn and Bradstreet. Mm -hmm. Another bullshit organization. These are companies that mean nothing to any real people. They only... they. They find ways to jerk businesses off into giving them money. They are they don't mean shit. They've never mean shit. Better Business Bureau is a pay, is a way it's basically Yelp that you can pay for. And these cunts at the Better Business Bureau, they reach out to me all the time with fucking I'm gonna tell a story about Pinball PA that happened right before the Rona hit. Fucking we had a customer that complained about she didn't get a um, uh, a gift card or something from from in the mail or something at Christmas time, and so she didn't go to the she didn't go to us she didn't come to us and say hey what's up with my gift certificate she went to the Better Business Bureau and the Better Business Bureau sent us a, a letter saying so and so has made a complaint. And we expect that you'll get this handled immediately and report back to us on bop, 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 bop. So I immediately threw that fucking piece of paper right in the trash and gave it to my son. And I told him, I said, just get this lady a fucking gift certificate and get rid of this bullshit. So he goes, he handles it. He calls the Better Business Bureau to say, hey, lady's been handled. You can check with your fucking client you know, for that, that she got her fucking gift certificate. Fair enough. They, so I get a call like four days later. Hey, this is Bob from the better business bureau. And just want to congratulate you on the professional manner in which you handled your complaint to the better business bureau. And because of that, we held a, we had a conference and decided that you would be a good fit for the Better Business Bureau. So if you just pay $350, we'll, 
we'll let you put our logo on page <laughs> as credited Better Business Bureau company. And I was like, you can go and fuck yourself with your accreditation and with your badge of honor that you want to put on my website. Fuck yourself in the ass. It's a pay. It's, it's, it's Yelp. Yeah. It's buying reviews. That's what it is. Fuck the Better Business Bureau. Stupid fucking faggot ass company. <laughs> Another disgruntled individual asked, why is it that when I buy concert tickets, you take the money out of my account in a matter of seconds, but when the shows are being canceled, it can take you months to return my money. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well. Uh, lastly, a different fan yet tweeted all the concerts I bought tickets for and you have postponed. How about you just refund us our purchase? Nobody knows their future right now. Yeah, exactly. Earlier this week, Digital Music News was the first to report that the angry customers had filed a class action lawsuit against the ticket resale platform StubHub over the brand's opting out to provide vouchers instead of cash refunds for tickets to events canceled before the coronavirus pandemic. In a mm -hmm. statement, StubHub noted, it's currently impossible for us to offer immediate cash refunds to all of our buyers it's likely that Ticketmaster is experiencing similar fiscal difficulties, albeit on a much larger scale. StubHub yeah. move, moves approximately $5 billion in tickets annually, whereas Ticketmaster yearly sales volume has exceeded $30 billion. Yeah, but they can't afford to pay you back. <clears throat> no. Here with this nonsense. I get it. They're hurting too. I get everybody's hurting. We all get that, but they still didn't provide a product that's fucking that was purchased. You know, when you purchase a ticket, I don't, you know, and I know they're, I know that it's all legal language and all this horse shit and whatever, but when you buy a concert ticket, you're not just buying, let, let's say that, uh, I don't know, Dockin, I'm just throwing any name out there. Let's say Dockin is playing at the MGM down the street from me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to buy a ticket not based only, and this is where they fuck you as a regular consumer. I'm not only buying it because the band that is playing, I'm not, I'm not just saying, well, I'm, I got to go see docking. I'm going to buy that ticket. I'm looking at a calendar. I'm seeing if that's a day that's available to me or if I have something else to do that day. What, you know, there's a lot of variables. Yeah. There's it. a lot of factors involved. Yeah. So when, when it changes, they're not providing what you purchased. You purchased access to that show on that day. And when that changes, they should refund you that money. Because if you want that refund, if you want the refund, fine. You should be able to simply say, yeah, I'm not going on that day, which is what I purchased. Instead, they try to say, well, we'll change it to, you know, example. I bought those tickets 10 months ago for this show that's scheduled for two weeks from now in, in Galleon, the, the, um, Rose tattoo show, right? They rescheduled it for June of, or January of 2021. Now in theory, I may not be available in January of 2021. Yeah. I idea, but you know, but at least this, that club has made it that, well, if I want a refund, I can go get it, mm -hmm. which they should because they're, they're not providing the show that I paid for, which is Rose Tattoo on May the 4th or whatever day it was. You know, it's so fucking stupid. And and Ticketmaster just tries. They, they are the kings of trying to fuck you every which way they can, whether it's with service fees or insurance costs or, you know, all the bullshit that they stack on. You know, well, you, you can buy them from our ticket, our ticket broker. You know, we're not going to sell them directly to you. You can go to our brokerage house over at StubHub or whatever. I don't think StubHub is one of theirs, but they have, you know, and I know this because I have one. They have these sublet agents where, where you can charge, you can sell tickets at a, at a premium. Right. Of course. I, and I know it because I have one. You know, I, I, I sell tickets. I, I haven't done it lately, but I do have a website up for selling these tickets and they're all more expensive. 
And what and I've done it before. I've gone I've gone and looked on Ticketmaster for tickets and I'll see that the tickets I want aren't there and then I'll go to my own website and I'll look and then the ticket the same tickets that Ticketmaster doesn't have available are available on the secondary market which happens to be my own website. Mm-hmm. And and then I can buy them from there at an increased rate. But thankfully I can write myself my own coupon code and get my tickets for cheap cheaper so i do that right because i fucking the system as much as they like fucking me right but it's bullshit this whole thing is bullshit well i agree well the story continues ticketmaster faces possible criminal investigation in new york state and the members of congress are demanding answers okay uh earlier this week on the heels of quiet changes to its refund policy fine print Ticketmaster became the target of intense fan criticism now the leading ticket platform is facing potential criminal investigation in new york, new york state as well as a heightened scrutiny from multiple members of u.s congress at the state level james scalfus a democrat senator representing new york's 39 dif- district voiced his concerns with Ticketmaster's policies in a letter to new york attorney general uh Le- Latita James, white uh, woman. Um, sounds like it to me. I thought so. Yeah. Uh, Scalfis requested an open and formal inquiry into the company to see if it's in properly rise to the level of criminal or civil civil penalties. Uh, Senator Scalfis didn't mince words or fail to specify why he was calling for the formal inquiry. Ticketmaster has unscrupulously altered existing policy amidst the uh, public health emergency to seemingly avoid reimbursing the customers. Mm-hmm. The 32-year-old lawmaker was referencing the aforementioned quiet changes, refunds only for canceled events as opposed to postponed and delayed shows that sparked fan anger and outrage earlier this week. The letter uh, closed with a respectful request that the attorney general take any and all steps necessary to protect the consumer in the live event ticket industry. In addition to the retaliate in addition to a reiteration that an ongoing New York Senate investigation into the ticketing industry will be turning its focus to policy shifts among the uh, uh, coronavirus pandemic. Mm-hmm. No, notably congressional pushback against Ticketmaster's perceived policy switch up hasn't been limited to the state level. On Capitol Hill, Representative Bill Pascrell Jr., a Democrat from New Jersey, and a Representative Katie Porter, a Democrat from California, drafted a letter of their own, which was shared this morning with the Digital Music News. Addressed to Ticketmaster President Amy Howe, the Live Nation President Michael Rapino. the text indicates that its authors are incredulous over the fine print changes before stating your decision to confiscate their customers' money is reprehensible and should be reversed immediately. Yeah. How come I just know this is going to disappear? Yeah, it's nothing's going to happen with it. Not a de- They'll have some quiet settlement. They'll do- donate some money to whatever organization that all ends up in some politician's pocket and it mm-hmm. goes away. Yep. You and- know, that's, that's how it works. That's how it works. After that, Representative Porter and Representative Pascrell uh, introduced several detail-oriented uh, inquiries relating to when the refund policy was alt- altered, the number of refund requests that have been denied, the total value of these refunds, and more. The, con- the Congress persons closed the letter by writing, Given this national emergency, we call on your company to show consideration to its customers and issue full rent- refunds to all who request them. Ticketmaster addressed the widespread criticism of its refund terms on social media, emphasizing that the event organizers themselves hold on to the cash from the ticket sales and possess the ability to issue refunds for postponed or delayed functions. So basically they're passing the buck. Yeah, of course they are. And you know what's even more sad and criminal? Instead of automatically giving the money back, even with the change that came out now, instead of automatically giving the money back, you still have to request the money. Yeah. Because they know they're, they're well aware that 
let's say 50% of the people that buy tickets online are too technically stupid to figure out how to request an, a refund. And they know they'll get to keep that money. Yeah. They absolutely know that they should just be refunding it automatically. If there's tickets purchased and a show is, is bagged, they should just automatically throw the money back to your credit card, but they'll make you request it because they know, you know, it's just like gift cards. That's why, that's why every business under the, under the sun sells gift cards because they know that most people will not use them to their full value. True. And you know, I, I mean, I, I learned that in marketing class is that you, you know, you, you always want to sell gift cards because it's a 20%, it's a 20% um, positive return just on people that don't use them. Yeah. Or they don't or, use them for the whole amount. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times they, you know, and you know, that's a whole nother thing that they do too is, you know, with, with gift cards, let's say that your ad, admission fee is 40 bucks. You don't sell a $40 admission. You sell a 35 and a 70 so that, so that they have to either come out of their pocket or renew recharge and then you get more money. Yeah. There you go. You know, that's, that's how it all works, man. Sure. It's all, it's all about fucking people over. That's what capitalism is. It's about fucking the consumer <laughs> and I'm for it. <laughs> However, the statement also noted that the financial and logistics strains of the coronavirus has forced some of the organizers to delay the refund the refund distribution process. Meanwhile, angry fans are continuing to send Ticketmaster firmly worded messages well, and complaints, some of which allege that the company is deleting its tweets. At the well, time of this writing, Ticketmaster's parent company, Live Nation, was trading at roughly $38 per share, an approximately 4% increase over its previous closing price, but roughly half its uh, pre-pandemic price. Oh, wow, that's great. So we'll see what happens. Hail and kill, caller, you're on the air. Um, how can Ticketmaster legally... This is what I don't understand. Um, how can they legally, on their site, and we don't have this in Australia yet, thank God. But I know I did a I did a dummy run um, to purchase Motley Crue tickets during the week, just to see what would happen. <laughs> I didn't, and, um, well, explain and, explain that to me, Tim. How does a dummy run work to 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 get well, tickets? You just, I just. All the way to I just payment. Went through you don't pay. The, I went through the Motley Crew website. I clicked on a date, and and I you know I got it to the point where I was about to buy tickets. And when I was about to buy tickets, you know I'm not coming to America anytime soon. Nobody's traveling anywhere. But what I'm saying, what I'm saying is that the the value of the ticket like doubled in my basket. Yeah, of course. How can they? But how can they legally do that? Because they do that new that that sliding demand, you know. There's big demand during the coronavirus for Motley Crew tickets, apparently. But yeah, here's I, the thing, Tim. What are you going to do? Are you going to sue them? Well, I'm not. I mean, obviously, I'm not coming over to America to watch Motley Crew play because. No, what I'm saying it. is the only way that stops is if somebody sues them, and who's got the money to go one on one with a fucking company that big? That's true. Now, but what what you're saying is, is it is legal what they're doing. Well, I don't know that it's legal what they're doing. Growing up, Tim, one of the things that uh, I was taught as a young adult was if you're doing something that is questionable, whether it's legal, not legal, right or wrong, just keep doing it until you're told you can't do it anymore. Yeah. Yeah, well, I wonder, I wonder if that's, that's ever going to happen. As I said, thank God um, it hasn't happened in Australia. I've got I've got tickets for Iron Maiden. I was supposed to go and see them on the seventh of May, and so they right. postponed that whole tour. But I'm holding on to my ticket. But um, I just I just think that's that's just unbelievable. You know? Well, that's um, that's what happens when you get to be a monopoly. As I said at the beginning of this segment, is that Ticketmaster and Live Nation are a monopoly, and uh, you know. If there's nobody out there competing with them or challenging them or whatever, they, they'll do whatever they want to do until, you know, legislation gets involved. Do you, can you see that happening? No. 
No, they're way too big. They're too, they're way too big to be told what to do. They, they'll, they can throw, they can take $10 million and stuff it into people's pants, into people's pockets in politics a lot, a lot more willingly than changing their policy. They can make the 10 grand back by continuing to fuck people as long as the politicians don't shut them down. So they'll stuff that money, you know, they'll call it lobbying, and they'll fucking stuff that money into the politicians' pants. Yeah, if you if you heard me at the beginning of the article, it's a $30 billion a year business. So what would $100 million be to them to, to spend $100 million lobbying to get people to leave them alone? Nothing. That's one-tenth of a billion. That's one-tenth yeah. of one billion is a, is a hundred million. Yeah. And they're... And they're did you say they're a, a $30 billion a year business? Yep. Is that what you said? Yep. That's what I said, Tim. All right. Hail and kill. <laughs> Got his answers. Well, tell that guy in the background to keep it down. When you're on the- <laughs> we got important things to say here. That's right. Well, I, I for one, will, will not be purchasing tickets anymore ever. Uh, ever? Through, through Ticketmaster. Nope. Will, so you'll skip doing something you want to do because yeah. it's through that fucking yeah, company? I'll find an alternative way. Oh. I'll find an alternative way. I'm, I'm not playing that game. I'm not doing it anymore. No. Done with it. I will. I don't give a shit. They fucking, they're robbing me, but who cares? I'm going to live my life. <laughs> hey, Alec Caller, you're on the air. Guys, how we doing? We're hanging in there? We're hanging in there. What's on your mind? Chris, we need to get the economy going so we can play some pinball. Thanks for telling me. I wasn't sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I, I think, uh, what's the, the word I heard there? It's social dis- disobedience. I think it's on its way. I think people have just about had enough. I think uh, uh, if they don't let us go back to work or some certain people go back to work, it's going to happen one way or the other. So I hope you hope you can start making some money and get back to work there well i'm fine i keep telling everybody don't worry about me i'm i'm whether whether pinball pa comes back or doesn't i'm all good i'm i'm smart enough to know how to make money and i will not be broke if i don't make if if pinball pa dies shit shit will go on well i had um i wanted to just a little topic to bounce off you guys i was uh i was curious to get your uh your take on it. I enjoyed uh, your. Uh, you killed about an hour of my time this week breaking down bad lover boy lyrics. So I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. Uh, you know, what was uh, uh, Rainbow Cruise straight to my room? Um, cuts it with a silver spoon. Uh, so I was, and, and Chris was talking about how um, he loved him as a kid, and he looked back and he couldn't. He couldn't believe that he used to like that stuff, and. Uh, I was kind of thinking, well, was that how I felt about uh, Survivor? Because kind of like in the same kind of realm of uh, we're going to rock, but we're not going to rock too hard. We're going to have some keyboards in there and stuff. But uh, I went back and started listening, and I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like Chris. I'm not embarrassed to say that I, uh, I love some of those songs and everything. But I was thinking that is Survivor one of those bands? And I was curious. Uh, can you think of a band who? Sold a lot of records, had a lot of hit songs, but at the end of the day, it meant zero in terms of drawing a crowd and selling tickets. Like even in 1985, where people saying, if Survivor came to town, <laughs> I'm going to buy tickets and go see Survivor in concert. Hmm. Uh, Ray Parker Jr.? <laughs> <laughs> he ripped off Huey Lewis for his biggest hit, right? Yeah. yeah. God, that's a tough question. Yeah. I'm sure there were bands. Yeah, I just got to think of who. Wow. Really? Um, I mean, you ever think of like, you know, just, uh, I don't know. It just seemed like like an Ario Speedwagon, even when they were on top of their game. Were people going to, to see Ario Speedwagon? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that was huge when I was in high school. That was big. Ario, Ario okay. Speedwagon would sell out. I mean, they were a Blossom Music Center band here, which is 18,000, and they sold that out every summer. Easily. Wow. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay. Autograph, good point. Autograph is probably one of those bands. They were huge with that song. I'll be honest, Quiet Riot. I don't think Quiet Riot ever was a big draw, were they? I don't. I don't think. I. I don't know. I think they've always been openers. Yeah. I don't think I mean, they. I don't think they've ever been like arena headliners or anything. Yeah. Just don't. Uh, I know. I heard you guys show. talk about Skid. Skid. Skid Row, like in '89, was got really big. But I think I heard you guys say they never played like for more than five, six thousand, or they were. Well, when, uh, when I saw Skid Row at the top of their game uh, during Slave to the Grind, they uh-huh. they were still opening for Aerosmith. Yeah, and I saw them open for Guns N' Roses a couple of times and open for ACDC, and I saw them headline, but it was a club. It was well, not a club. It was uh, the Rhodes Arena, which that holds, what, 3,000 people or something. I saw them headline with Pantera opening. So it was like a co-headline. Yeah, well, it was before Pantera broke all the way huge. But, yeah, Skid Row was never, at least to my memory, and I'm not saying that they never played any big giant shows, but Skid Row, I I don't remember ever being a touring headliner that would sell twelve to 20,000 tickets a night. No. No way. Right. What was what was Loverboy doing in their prime? Oh, they were they were headliner. They were arena band. They were big. Yeah, by 83 they were they were arena they were an arena headliner. Gotcha. Well, I was just curious about that. I mean, you guys know, you know, bands very well. I was just curious like if there was a you know, a band that had had a lot of hits, gets a lot of radio play, but at the, you know, if they don't have any star power, they don't have anybody who stands out or whatever, you know, people just just didn't buy tickets to go see them. You know who's um, one? L.A. Guns. Yeah, that's true. L.A. Guns had a lot of hits. We're definitely on the radio a lot. They had MTV ne- videos. They had quite a few videos. And never were, I don't think they were ever even bigger than a, like, two or three thousand seat venue yeah they, they never got above a club level no i don't think so when when what about uh like when tesla was at their highest peak did they um they were always yes. a support act for the most part they or? were always support act they often played with def leppard a lot yeah. yeah they were but tesla tesla could draw tesla could put ten thousand asses in a in a in a venue on those first, like, three, three, records. three records, yeah, yeah, they they could put ten thousand people in a club by the or in a venue by themselves, but, um, you know who else? What about Warrant? I don't think Warrant was, was a huge, huge one either. Not drawing. I always saw them open. Yeah, they they were always one a support act. Yeah, when I saw them headline, it was always clubs. I never saw them headline, uh, you know, like a big outdoor place. Not saying that they didn't. I just never saw it. Like even after Cherry Pie and and those big no, they they were they just were... on their upward trajectory at that point. They they hadn't really reached that arena level yet. Yeah, they were touring at that point with Poison. It was Poison and Warrant before the Warrant guys pissed off the Poison guys. <laughs> But that's part of the reason that that happened to them, too, was they got themselves kind of blacklisted by being dicks on the road yeah. with Poison, and then nobody wanted to tour with them. So they ended up being more of a well, club certainly, certainly Nelson was playing 20,000, 20, right? Nelson? <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, they had that one record, and that was it. After the Rain, I think that was called the record, After the Rain. I doubt Nelson yeah. ever had a week where they played in front of 20,000. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, uh, Neely, um, is Jim Acosta your favorite reporter on CNN? Uh, no. That, 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 guy could, <laughs> that guy could catch the coronavirus and die as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Neely, that's what you call uh, theatrical journalism. The, like there's, every, there's no journalism involved with him. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm handed the mic. I'm stepping on stage. I gotta, I gotta stir up a big moment. I gotta get a big soundbite. I mean, it's, 
you know, there's a, there's a, there's a certain thing you can you can ask uh, people questions, hold them accountable. But that that guy, it's the same thing every day. Every day, it's the same thing. Yep, it's get Trump, get Trump, get Trump. I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. Get Trump, get Trump. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> now, but okay. To be fair, who's the one on the other aisle? That O O A N or whoever they are. Every time they get the mic, they say. Uh, you know, President Trump, your numbers are so high. You're fantastic. You're wonderful. And he, oh, I like that question. That's a very good question. He doesn't like that. <laughs> who, who is that? I, I couldn't tell you. I don't watch his press reports. I, I really don't. I just don't have the time or the patience to sit there and watch the circus. Got you. Got you. All right, guys. We uh, keep uh, keep up the good work. And who is this anyway? This is the uh, this is a sportscaster from Baton Rouge. Oh, okay. I called right. you. All right, gotcha. My, the the call last week was was subpar, in my opinion. So, so you I were trying to, to redeem uh, yourself. Exactly. All yeah, right. Trying to got 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 uh, we got plenty of time on our hands down here. No sports, no nothing. Oh, so, here, here's uh, something I wanted to ask you. I want, meant to ask you this last week. Yeah, I can't remember if I asked you or not, but I want to find out are the budgets cutting being cut with these uh, tv stations because i noticed that these on-site reporters a lot of them are using their iphones now they don't even have like a film crew going out to on-site reporting anymore they're just going out there with their iphones and doing a selfie more or less and reporting back to the station through uh you know, through their cell phone plan is is that what's really happening is that the new trend are you aware of it um, I, our station hasn't laid anybody off yet. Um, it's, it's, it's very strange. You go to work and there's hardly anybody there. The, uh, the sales team, they're all working from home. Uh, the reporters, a lot of them are, are sitting in their car in the parking lot. They don't go, they don't go inside the station. They're trying to avoid, uh, you know, coming into contact with anybody. Um, I haven't heard of, of stations laying off a lot of people yet. Uh, well, wood. well, it's not so much the laying off. It's just cutting budgets, you know, because everybody knows that, you know, commercial television, you know, just like commercial radio is suffering, you know, from because people are, you know, watching YouTube or they're watching Netflix or they're watching alternate um, media. They're not tuning into their local stations as much as they used to. But I, I just noticed right. that trend where I've, I'm seeing, you know, bloopers and things on YouTube. But a lot of these reporters are just going out there holding up their cell phone and reporting live on location just through their cell phone. And I was just wondering, is that the yeah. new is that the new uh, way of doing things now? Uh, I wouldn't say it's it's the new way of doing things it, it can certainly be done i mean uh 10 years ago or whatever you didn't have a camera on your cell phone where you could you know hold up and then uh, you know hold it up uh do a report talk for a minute and a half two minutes and then you could send it back to the station and they can they can run it and the audio is really good and the the picture is pretty good and uh and yeah to your point it would eliminate having to have a photographer out there and paying a photographer to to shoot something or whatever um so the, the, yeah there, there there are ways around that i mean i think i talked to you before about it um you know back in the back in the day in the ron burgundy you know days the the, the 80s and whatever when the local news anchor uh and maybe some of them still do that have been there for a long time were making you know 200 300 dollars uh you know to be a, a a main anchor and then you know you'd have photographers and now it's 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 not uh, uncommon in a big city, even like a Cleveland or a Chicago, to have uh, what we call an OMB, a one-man band, where they, they've got the microphone, they've got the camera, they've got the tripod, they go out, they put the camera on the tripod, they flip the little uh, viewfinder around, look at themselves, shoot their own story, edit their own story, and, and send it back. So that, that was unheard of in a big city not that long ago, but now everything is being you know, downsized and made smaller so that that kind of stuff's going on, and especially now, I guess uh, it's just a it's just a weird time. You know, it's obviously the most bizarre time we've ever lived in. So it's just the way it's been going. All right, just wondering because Chris and I have been ahead of the curve for ten years, ahead of the commercial outlets. So that's what I'm like to hear. So uh, fuck those people. 
<laughs> You're not saying that you want us out of a job. No, right? of course not. I don't want to see anybody unemployed, but uh, I find it interesting because Chris talked about it a couple of weeks ago since this whole pandemic, these guys are on radio they're talking about the difficulty of doing what Chris and I've been doing for 15 years. And it's just like, all right, well, Joe, you know, nice. You could catch up. Well, yeah, maybe, you know, uh, maybe you're talking about, you know, Eddie trunk <laughs> guys. I had to put the camera on, uh, on, on, I had to shoot my own shots and I had to, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's who you're talking about. The ones who've been pampered <laughs> up at that network. Right. Right. Exactly. The top. <laughs> and don't forget, Neely, he said, I'm, I'm sure Eddie can say something like, folks, I saw this coronavirus coming. I knew it. I had contacts in the music industry. They warned me. They told me. They said, Eddie. So I'm sure, you know, Eddie knows all, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Appreciate the input. All right. Take care. Hail and kill. There he goes. Yep. All right. Well, what a strange, what a strange uh, world we live in now. Everybody's doing their own stuff, just like us, Chris. Yeah, it's look, definitely a weird time. Yeah, look at <laughs> look at you. You've learned all the audio and video portion of doing this show, mm-hmm. and uh, you know all these commercial outlets who had thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars to do production and stuff. Now they're at the level you are that we've been doing this for free for years which is a good problem for me to have because should should the the rona kill all my businesses i could always go work at a tv station (laughs) there you go i probably could Uh, don't you think at this point i i know video enough that i probably could go get you could you could freelance and go hey uh reporter guy if you don't want to edit all your video and shit just just Mm -hmm. you know send it over to me i'll put it together for you for a nominal fee yeah, and I've said this to you a million times. I don't know if I've ever said it on the show or not, but that's what I use the CMS for a lot is my guinea pig to learn shit mm-hmm. constantly. That's why we always have a, a rebuilt website every couple of years and video and all this other nonsense. It's my it's my learning ground. Mm-hmm. It's the one place that I can learn. And if I fuck up, so what? I fuck up. You know, it doesn't it doesn't cost me any money. And you know, luckily I've never really fucked up too bad with the CMS. Well, I I just think about years and years ago, um, you know, if you had a story, your local WKYC or, or somebody, Mm -hmm. they were out, we're here live on location, you know, where such and such happened. Well, they had the, they had the van out there with the big uh, antenna and they had a cameraman and you had microphones and processors and, you had the guy inside the van and all this and that, right. and it's just boiled down to somebody going out there with their cell phone and going, hey, I'm live on location here. Right. Here's exactly what they do. You can watch on the camera. All right. Here we are. And that's it. That's exactly yeah. it. We're live. And oh, my God, look over here. Look over there. Do you see what's going on over there? <laughs> that's that's it. why we're here. <laughs> that's exactly what's going on. It is. It so costs pathetic. nothing. Yeah, it doesn't cost anything. But but you but think about that. Just mm-hmm. think about the the uh, equipment, and you know they had to have the truck, then they had to have the satellite uplink, mm-hmm. and then they had to have the equipment inside the truck, and then they had to have a cameraman and a can. And one of those cameras, yeah, just the cost of just a camera alone mm-hmm. was fifty thousand yeah. dollars. Just the camera. Yeah, and now you can do everything that that does and more with a $1,200 laptop and a $1,200 phone. Yeah. And then, of course, you had to have the personnel, and then mm-hmm. and, and somebody at the station had to, to you know, get the, get the video down mm-hmm. and then run it through their processor and this and that. And all this boils down to now is just, hey, let's make a Skype call. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're going to record it. We're going to run it through iMovie and then we're going to post it. We're going to put a background behind it. So there's like some clouds or some shit right, moving. So right. Looks professional. You know, it takes nothing anymore. Yeah. 
So that, either, either it takes nothing or I've just learned. No, it, it really takes, well, you learn, but it really, in, in reality, with, with all the free software out there and with Skype being free, aside from, you know, obviously having an internet connection and a computer, yeah. um, there's nothing else. And, and Skype records it. Yeah. The Skype does a pretty good job recording it. I would... That's the only thing I would change about what we do is I would like to get better quality, mm-hmm. a little better quality because it only records at 720p instead of 1080 or 4K. Right. But, you know, you know, we're using free software. I'm not begging. I'm not, <laughs> you know, we could, we could go and invest in some something a lot better, but, you know, I don't want to spend that money. There's no need to. Yeah, until we start getting really good subscription, uh, you know, subscriptions to the CMS TV. What's the purpose of that? Yeah, I'll tell you what though. I've been, I, I will say, I've been watching. Um, Ellison's been doing those. Oh, say, can you stream broadcasts? He's done two of them. Right. And I would really like to have that software that he's using, which is it, it's um, Cisco, it's WebEx, and um, they actually got sent like special computers to to work to do the whole thing. But it's real nice. Mm, nice. I'm, it's like. They, they have like a green room where you could have people logged in, but they're like not on your camera and you just push a button and it throws them right into the, into the broadcast and stuff. That would be so sweet. I don't know what we'd use it for, but I'd like to have it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how, how, uh, you know, I don't know what we'd get, but it'd be nice to have. I'd find a way I'd find something to do with it. Right. You know, but. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. It's, it's, it's become super, super fucking easy now. Yeah. A dummy like me can figure it out. Anybody can. <laughs> That's funny. I, I just think about back in the day, what it, what mm-hmm. it took. And, and we talked about this before and I won't get into this again, but just, just remembering going to any sports thing at any stadium, mm-hmm. they had all the big trucks out there. And, yeah. the, you know, the big tractor trailers with the big satellite dishes on top and the big control rooms. And it's like mm. the, it's all been, you know, condensed down to one little control center now. Yeah, exactly. It's nothing now. It's amazing. Yep. All right. Well, let's take a break. You got something you want to hear? Um, how about um, hailstorm uncomfortable? Are you uncomfortable? I guess so. <laughs> right. No, hailstorm skulls. Okay. Skulls instead of uncomfortable. Uncomfortable was a radio hit. I don't want to do that. All right. Go with skulls. It's pretty heavy. All Be right. rocking for them. All right. Hailstorm skulls. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's uh, play some hailstorm. We'll play a couple tunes. We'll be back. So here it is. It's uh, Lizzie along with uh, the rest of her group, (laughs) with Skulls exclusively here. On your classic metal show. (laughs) 